To tie into it a little bit, they're saying that 64% of millennials have regrets about buying their current home. Pretty much what the article is saying is like right now, buying a home is become like a leap of faith. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. People are buying houses sight on scene. They're bidding on houses that they're not even quite sure they haven't taken the time. They're waiving inspections. They're waiving appraisals. They're waiving and all the these things. Periods. They're waiving option periods. So a lot of people in, you know, they, they think like that's the hardest part. It's like once the high of actually buying the house wears off, they're like, then they start looking at the house and they start realizing like there was a small percentage of people about like, I think it was like 14%. Um, regretted where the house was located like that's that you can't change that <laughs> you oh, know what well, i mean like that is not th something yeah. that you can just say uh, you know it's not like hey you know i really regret i don't know the color of this kitchen or some no it's like you're regretting oh, the sure. location I mean, of the home i know when i bought my first house in 2013 that i lived in uh and where i worked it was like that was one of the things like i wanted easy access to a highway from where i worked out in bernie because i was commuting 15 20 miles mm -hmm. outside of the city to whereas like i want to make sure it's easy access to it um to that road because i don't want to sit in traffic forever i don't want to sit there waste 30 minutes of my day just trying to make it to a highway and i think that's a huge aspect about housing that people don't take into account when they're driving to house to house to house to house to house to house they don't and right now it's like they don't have the time to say i like this house let me see what it's like during traffic hours What's during like uh, during rush hour? How is it to get to a grocery store during certain times of day that I want to get to? You don't have that. It's like you have to jump and just buy it and be like, well, I have to take what I can get because that's that's it. Yeah. Or you really have to focus on a specific area and then have to say like, all right, I really want this area because of its location. I like that location. Where do I buy now or what do I buy? And it's like I just got to buy whatever I can get. Or you're sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. And then that fear of missing out, watching prices rise and rise and rise and worrying about getting bid out. To where it's like, yeah, it's a very, very difficult time to be a uh, retail home buyer yeah. today. And then in the article, they also said among all homeowners, including millennials, the most common regret is underestimating how much the maintenance expenses and other hidden costs associated with buying a, and owning a home are. And this says roughly about 21% of millennials regretted that. And that is something like when people say, you know, I've always had the argument because people always ask me, why do I rent versus own? And like I tell them, like, you don't understand what it is to own a home. Like owning a home, they because they look at it very basically like you have your mortgage, you're building equity, you're paying it down. You, it's a good uh, investment, right? It's like, first of all, it's not an investment until I actually sell and realize that that actual growth that I've had in the house. And then even then, 
is the house updated enough or in the conditions to warrant that equity that's been built up based on the neighborhood, right? So it's more money you got to put in. For homeowners, sometimes that is a lot more money than we would spend because we have the contractors. We know the materials. We know the process. We know exactly what to put in a home to keep the cost as low as we can, right? So they don't understand the process that's like actually owning a home. Things happen to it. Right. Your your water heater breaks, your AC goes out, you need this maintenance, you need that maintenance. Next thing you know, you're like, holy crap, anything that goes wrong, especially right now, it's like it's costing me probably like five hundred, a thousand dollars to fix. Yeah. You know, because most homeowners, what do they gotta do? They gotta call somebody. Who are they gonna call? Not the Ghostbusters, but they're gonna call, you know, they're gonna go well, on so Google. Where do I go? They go to Angie's list, they go to the, those types of investors that do cost significantly more to where like, yeah, hey, I can get a new Contractors. AC yeah, I can get a new AC stalled for Depending on the size, and we're from four to six thousand dollars. To where, hey, you go to some other places, and it could get a little warm there. No, so anxious to drink it. <laughs> uh, that they're gonna pay ten thousand, twelve thousand yeah. dollars of roofs. I mean, my God, you pay like ten, twelve grand for a new roof. That's like I can get the whole same roof done for forty five hundred bucks. Like when it comes to insurance aspects of it, so you see or even, those kind even of even what we've seen personally is when people have had their foundations fixed, right? Oh God! And they're like, yeah, but well, I already got my foundation fixed, and it, you know, and they paid thirty five grand for it. I was like, oh. And they they like I put thirty five grand. I'm like I get you paid thirty five grand for it, but I would have paid eight. You know what I mean? Like, and the same I had this one seller that he says, I just put these brand new windows in. They cost me ninety five hundred dollars, and I was like, they cost me like fourteen. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I'm not gonna pay you more just because you know you overpaid well, that's, because that's you hired a Google contractor. I've had conversations with people you know? of like what he's. Uh, I was talking with somebody and they'd put an offer on a house and the appraisal was way off from what it came. He's like, yeah, I just don't think they took into effect that uh, they put new doors and windows in the house and they just done the foundations. Like none of that matters to the, nope. re the to the appraiser. Like it's the fact that it, you can. I remember having the conversations like, so you're telling me I could have plywood siding. On a house next to somebody with nice brick stucco, something like that. And those houses could be of equal value. And he goes, exactly. Unless you can prove a actual difference in the homes where it's like, hey, this house over here had plywood. And the only thing different was the plywood siding. Or just let's call it the Team 111, the cheapest stuff you can find as far as siding. And the house next door had this. And they are exactly the same. And this one sold less. And that was the only difference. And I can find that difference across the neighborhood saying, like, it is definitely the siding that is causing that. Then I can discount the property for that. The yeah. windows, the roof, anything like that. So those don't take into account. They have very, very, that basically you have a condition uh, aspect that you can adjust on an, apprais an appraisal. Yeah. And the condition has to involve the condition of the home, not saying, oh, because you have new windows, we're going to give extra value for those windows. No, it's like we can give you a condition adjustment, but just because you have new windows and the other house doesn't, doesn't warrant a house condition being improved uh, on a, a, uh, a grand scale. And as you know, I have new neighbors and the, we were trying to actually buy that house before the new neighbors moved in because the house was in really bad conditions. It had major foundation issues. It needed to be updated. It needed work. It needed to be bought by an investor. So the owner of the house decided to leave it as a wedding gift to his uh, daughter. And I was like, man, you hate your daughter. <laughs> and they're fixing up the house and and they i've told them that you got to start with the foundation i mean I, I can throw out every cliche out there about a strong foundation but 
let's bypass all the cliches. You got to fix your foundation because everything yeah. above it just is not going to matter. They obviously can't. They can't afford the foundation repair, yeah. right? So they've been fixing the rest of the house, everything. They've had plumbing issues like two or three times already. And I'm like, you're going to continue to have plumbing issues. The house is not supported properly. The water, the way the whole street goes, like all the water from my neighbor's house, my house, everything dumps on their house. So I'm like, you're having, every time when it rains, like you're having all the water just sit on your foundation, like around your foundation, everything. And like, you need to put like either guttering and I'm telling them all these things and they're just, it's one problem after another they keep having. They're like, man, yeah, this, especially, this the house is... especially the way your roof pitches and it's only like 10 everything. feet to the next no, house. So yeah. It's like, just... it's just right there and there's a fence, there's no grass, there's no tree, there's a tree that covers it so you couldn't grow grass. No, and it yeah. just, it's just a stop. It's just a nice little freaking waterfall right into their foundation. And I, and you know, they're like, this house has just become such a money pit. And I was like, but that's the thing. It's like, that's what people don't understand about home ownership. People think, oh, it's an investment. It, you know, it, it's something that I'm going to build equity. I'm going to have forever, blah, blah, blah. No. Well, I mean, like, just the, you gotta, you gotta, and then I'm not saying don't own a home by all means. What I'm saying is like, you gotta factor all these things in. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just, I qualify for a house, so let me buy a house. No, I agree. I mean, it, and then people start with the wrong side because yes, the foundation is the most expensive thing. Well, I can't afford to fix that. I was like, well, then you can't afford the house no. because it's going to, it's going to eat you alive down the road as far as like, so, and then you, uh, given they were gifted the house they could sell to an investor and with price appreciation they might actually do all right uh in the investment but it's like that's a pure gamble that is just like well God, the thing is like the, the more money they're putting in the more they're losing because all that money like i told them they were they were putting they were doing new floors texturing inside painting all this i was like as an investor i'm gonna come in and be like yay good job but i gotta rip up all the floors because yeah. i gotta fix the foundation yeah Fixing the foundation, well, we, I'm going to crack all the walls. Well, the thing is, we fixed the house that you live in now. Yeah. Like We fixed that one up, and it's right next door. And we had to lift the entire house, and we had to basically redo all the plumbing. We had a void underneath that house. I remember that. You can all stand up in how yeah. deep it was because of the way the streets were and how we had to gut it out underneath there with dirt just for the fact that it's like we had to get to the plumbing. And it ran from all over parts of the house to yeah. fix it so it's like yeah all the flooring is trash and just like the house that we're doing um right now that we bought it and the seller a uh, less than a year ago fixed all the plumbing underneath the house redid yeah. all the plumbing and now it's like we got to go back and redo all the plumbing because we the entire house had 47 piers and we had to lift from i think it's six inches from the back of the house to the front and all the freaking uh plumbing was on the back side of the house so it ripped all of that stuff and when we lifted it and now it's like well now you you gain no value in the house by fixing spending five thousand dollars fixing all the plumbing because i just spent 15 lifting the foundation and now i got to go back and spend another five to grand fix all the plumbing underneath again yeah and it's like you spend yeah it and, and, and you don't get extra value for fixing the plumbing it's just like well you're supposed to have a house with working plumbing so well, you're also, not well, you're also, not gonna get extra value for that well it's also one of the things that i think people look at that it's like well i'll afford the foundation later so i'll fix this i can afford to fix these things now it's like no, you should be saving up to fix the foundation first before you go texturing, painting, putting new cabinets, kitchens. Because like people don't understand like how jacked up a foundation can really be, especially if you don't understand. Like I get it if you kind of like us and say, "Hey, I know I'm gonna need to fix that corner of the house over there eventually." Like Grand Tilly. Yep. You know what? I I don't need to spend the money to fix that now because I can fix all this stuff and it's no big deal yeah. because it's in two opposite corners of the house where there's no plumbing. It's not that big a deal. To, it's not gonna mess with anything. Yeah. Too much. 
Uh, so and it, it was such a small deviation. It wasn't yeah. six inches like we've yeah. had on other ones. Yeah, and then exactly. also, like, I mean, a big thing to take in mind is that we've had uh, uh, some people criticize the way that we buy our rentals because we buy houses that are at pretty much flip numbers because we do this level of rehab to keep as a rental. And people say, oh, you don't know how to invest in rentals. And I beg to differ because, again, the amount of money you're going to spend on maintenance because you're not fixing these things are going to kill any and all cash flow you're going to have. Plus, you're going to piss off any tenants you have in there because with all these problems. Like, If you're going to keep a house long term, whether it's homestead or rental property, you have to make sure the major components are fixed. You got to make sure they're working. That's why, why do we keep the majority of the houses that we do a massive renovation in? Because it's like, we know we just did everything new. We did foundation, we did plumbing, we did roof, we did everything. That's like, our risk factor goes way down now. So. Well, I mean, not just that too. It's like, well, uh, and it's kind of fun to now start. Now we're getting to kind of a, a scale in rental housing on the number of properties we own and manage that it's like, you can start playing with these numbers. Like, all right, if I ignore these repairs, how does my tenant respond? If I do, they move out. Do they stay? And it's like our turnover has been significantly low. And even though we're raising rents on yeah. pretty much all of our tenants that are coming to le uh, renewals, but it's because we do provide. It's like, hey, you have a problem, you let me know. I get somebody out right away. So it's like I look at that, especially because I rent too. And it's like if somebody takes longer to get something there. If like, man, if you really don't give a shit about this, then I don't give a shit about this either. And I was like, so that deferred maintenance, that leak, that problem you're hearing about, not that worried about it. Um, you can figure that out later when I move out. So it's like you let them give them the ability to think it's like kind of like their own home. 